So my grandma was a, an administrator in a Christian nursing home for many, many years. And one of her favorite things to do, and this, we're going back like 30, 40 years, she would get all of the people, all the people that lived there in the nursing home together in the chapel, and she would play the piano and sing hymns with them. And that was like her favorite thing. That was like her deal. And so she would gather them all in there, and they would sing their hearts out together. And this one time, she was playing the piano, and she noticed this new lady being wheeled in who had just moved into the facility. So she didn't know what hymn time with grandma's was all about, right? So she's in there, and she's kind of watching and paying attention. Grandma's singing her heart out, and everybody's enjoying it. But then she starts to see this new lady, like, rummaging through her purse. My grandma's like, what's this lady up to, right? Well, the lady eventually takes out a remote control and tries to change the channel on my grandma. (laughs) Basically saying, the truth is, grandma ain't so hot when it comes to this hymnal singing time, right? And so this phrase, the truth is, is something that we say when we really want to kind of let somebody know how we feel, right? And here in this series, we've been seeing that Ephesians, it felt like Paul was using this phrase, like, hey, the truth is, the truth is about God. He was letting everybody know what the truth is about God, and then what it means to follow God once we know those truths. And I feel like the whole book of Ephesians just sets the record straight and gets out this amazing message about who God is and who we are because of who God is. And so here in this series, we've seen some powerful things so far. We've seen all about our salvation. We've seen about how much we didn't deserve for God to do all he's done for us, but he did it anyway. And we have talked about last week just this amazing hope for our souls, but also this hope for our nation. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to check out the podcast because we, as Christians, man, we have to get better at being the light in this dark world, and Jesus is the hope for this world. So we talked all about that last week. And so today, I want to tackle uh, some other problems that I think are kind of normal problems. And I think it's good that we talk about these problems, because maybe sometimes as a Christian, you're going through your relationship with God, and you're like, man, something feels funny here, and I don't know what to make of this. And especially if maybe you're a little bit newer to being a Christian, you're like, wow, I have some feelings. I didn't think these feelings were going to be coming, and here they are, and I don't know know really what to do with them. And then there's the rest of us in the room who maybe have kind of been around this for a while, and we're used to some of the feelings or maybe a little bit of the ups and downs we can sometimes have in our relationship with God. And I just want to just sort of celebrate up front that these are normal, you know? Like if you're feeling any of the things I'm going to talk about today, you're not... You're not necessarily doing something wrong, okay? Sometimes it's just part of this relationship with God. Every relationship has ups and downs, right? And so today I think we can all relate to some of these struggles that we sometimes feel, or maybe even just something going on in our own life, and we're thinking, man, I never thought I would feel this way, but I really do. Maybe some of you here today, you just feel like you are just straight out of strength, sort of in that deep place. You know that deep place in your life that you usually dig down into, when everything else is sort of crazy and you kind of lost the normal strength that you function with and you're like, all right, I just got to dig down deeper into that place deep down in there and get some extra strength, get some kind of power to continue to move forward in life. And maybe you're going, I just don't have that. I've dug down as deep as I can go and I just feel like there's nothing there. I think that's something that we can all relate to at one time or another. I have a friend who got really far in his career in the Marines and he was just recently promoted. But I remember 20 years ago when he first joined the Marines and he was coming back from training and saying, man, they put you through the craziest stuff and here's what I had to do and here's what I went through physically and the, the mental like, side of things, how difficult it was. And I said, man, how did you do that? And he said, well, when I thought I was at the end of myself, I just dug down deeper and I found greater strength and was able to keep doing it. And the thing I want to say to us today is sometimes we're at the place where we can't dig down any deeper, right? We just feel completely exhausted and like there's nothing else to pull from. There's just no strength any deeper. Today, if that's you, 
We're going to talk about what to do when we're there. What about some of you guys in the room who just wish that God would sort of dwell in your hearts more consistently? What do I mean by that? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, right, then God has overtaken your heart. He's at work in your life. But don't we sometimes feel like, man, I just wish I could communicate with God a little bit better. I, I wish he was more at home in my life almost. Like he's a part of my life, but I wish it just felt like home. I wish that I had a greater communion with him, a greater connection with him, a greater kind of closeness with him. And I just want you to know today, if you're feeling that, that's a good thing. That, that's, that means God's wanting to draw you deeper. But maybe you're going, but what do I do, right? What's going to take me to that next level of getting deeper in him? What about this? Does anybody in the room just, just wish you were more rooted in God's love? What do I mean by that? Sometimes it's easy to one moment in the day feel like, wow, God loves me so much, and I just feel so close to him and so near to him. And almost like six hours later, you can be like, God, why have you forsaken me, right? Where, where are you right now? And sometimes that's just the ups and downs of life, or something happens that triggers this whole negative kind of like, wow, where is God in the midst of my, my woes and my difficulties? And I just, I just know for myself, I wish I was more kind of rooted in that consistent truth that I'm loved. Like established in that. Like immovable in knowing that I'm loved by God and I don't have to be hot one minute and cold the next. And I think many of you guys can relate to that. What about, what? Are, I, guess, I guess the way to say this is, don't we all wish that the love of God that I just talked about being rooted in would maybe flow out of us to the difficult people in our lives to love, right? Can't we all relate to that, that there are people in our lives that are sometimes really difficult to love? You're all like, yeah, Doug, you. <laughs> you we all know you, Doug. So that, yes, you're the person that's difficult to love, right? But we all have that person in our life that it's like, man, they walk into the room and it's like, God, help me, right? Like, this is really hard to love this person well. And I think every one of us has at least one of those people in our lives. And today, I don't know what your struggle is. If you need that inner strength, if, you, if you're just praying that God would dwell more consistently in your life, if you would want to be more rooted and kind of established in God's love, or you want the love of God to flow through you, we're going to find a consistent answer to all of those troubles today as we look at the next part in Ephesians. Now, this is so important to talk about because I don't know if you've tried this, but we can't create any of those things in our own lives, right? Like you can't just wake up one day and say, that's it, I'm just going to create new strength deep down in that inner place in me, right? Or you can't just decide, okay, God, you're just going to dwell more consistently in my heart. We're going to have a greater communion today. Or you can't just snap your fingers and suddenly you're rooted and established in the love of God and that love then is flowing out of you to those really difficult people to love. You can't just do that. So it's so important that we focus on what Paul has to tell us here today. Because these are things that I think we all struggle with, and these are things I think we all really want. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you walked in the room today, and somebody brought you to church, we're so glad you're here, first of all, and we hope that you guys feel at home. But I would guess you're you're listening in on some of this, saying, man, I'd kind of like some of that strength. Or maybe you don't believe in God, I don't know what you believe about that, but maybe you'd say, yeah, I would love to sort of just have a feeling of God loving me. Or, Or that love being kind of flowing through me to somebody else that's really hard to love. And so I think this is for everybody in the room here this morning. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the second half of Ephesians 3. Now, if you're like really paying attention, you're like, wait, Doug, we ended at the end of Ephesians 2. So what about the first half of Ephesians 3 today? Well, I'm going to summarize that for you because really those first 13 verses are Paul kind of rehashing a lot of what he already said. 
So in Ephesians 3, you get Paul talking about how he's been saved by God, how he didn't deserve it, how God's given him grace, how God has broken down, like we talked last week, that wall of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. So all that stuff. So he really kind of rehashes that. So I didn't want to like re-preach that to you. But then in verse 14, he really kind of addresses all these problems that I just brought up. And here's how he starts in verse 14. He says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father. So in other words, he's saying, okay, because of all the stuff that we already talked about, because we're saved by grace, because we don't deserve it, but God's done it anyway, and because God's broken down this wall of hostility between these two people groups at odd, he says, I kneel before the Father, which means he's going to pray, right? He goes on, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. So right off the bat, we get a little bit of a hint into a direction that Paul's going to lead us in this, in this message here. We see the power of God. He, he just says, I kneel before the Father, right, who every family in heaven on earth gets the same. So in other words, what Paul is celebrating here is, okay, the only reason anyone exists and anyone has a name and anyone is able to do what they're able to do is because God has established them. So to me, that says this is a pretty powerful God that Paul's praying to, right? And that's a little bit of a hint in the direction that we're going to go. Now, everything from here on is a prayer. So let's dive in. Ready? He says this, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Well, this is exactly what I just said. Many of us in the room probably need this morning, right? I need this right now. I need for God to strengthen me in my inner being. Do you know what your inner being is, right? It's that place deep down that you draw from in the midst of crisis. It's that place that you and I We preach to ourselves that God is still good even when life is difficult. It's that place deep down that we pray, that we preach to ourselves that God is still in control even when things kind of seem a little bit crazy. You know, it's so important that we're able to preach to ourselves. Pastor Ravone always used to say that the most important preacher in life is you. Like, you're the most important preacher in your life. It's not me. It's not somebody else. not somebody you listen to a podcast online. It's actually you because you're with you in those deep, you know, terrible moments of life sometimes, and you're able to say, God's still good. God's still good. I reached out to Andrew, Andrew and Brendan a few weeks ago, and I just, I just texted them both and said, hey, can you guys just pray for me? I'm, I'm really having like an awful time sleeping just in this last season of life with everything going on with my wife, everything going on with our church here, just the stresses. And I just said, I'm, just, I'm not sleeping, and it's really getting to me. And, and uh, one of them wrote back and just said, Doug, I know you know this, but you've got to preach to yourself in those moments that God is sovereign and he has all of this in his hands. And he was absolutely right. And this inner being place is where we draw from. We've got to preach to ourselves that God is still good and he's in control and everything is okay because he's still on the throne. This is the place that we draw from when the bottom falls out, right? This is the place that we draw from when temptation comes. And for some of us in the room, we need to be strengthened in that inner place, that inner being. And I just want to encourage you today because God does this. God does this for those who follow him. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we get God to do this and and what it looks like to kind of take a step in this a little bit later. But I love that it says that God will do this out of his glorious riches. In other words, there's no lack in God. Like, like, I love that Paul's not saying here, God, if you could just muster up a little strength I could draw from right now, I'd really appreciate it. No, he says, 
No, this is going to come out of God's glorious riches. In other words, God is rich in power and strength, right? And so we so badly need to draw near to this God who is rich in power and strength so that we can get strengthened deep down in our inner being. And I, I love that we all have this opportunity to be strong in God. Remember what Paul said in another place in Scripture? He said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What does he mean? He means that when I'm weak and all my natural, fleshly, physical resources have run out, then I can start drawing from God's power and strength, and that is when I'm truly strong. And so if you woke up this morning weak, you're in a good spot. You're in a good place because now you can draw from the power that God is going to provide you and is going to provide me. Then he goes on. He says Ephesians 3, or in, in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So remember what we saw earlier, right? Remember some of us woke up this morning and go, man, I just want to be closer to you, God. I just well, I wish it felt like you dwelled more in my heart. Listen to what Tom Constable says about this. He says, he indwells every Christian, uh, <laughs> like that? Yeah, yeah, every Christian, but is especially at home or dwells in the lives of those believers who let him be first in their attitudes and activities. As this believer keeps trusting and obeying, Jesus Christ can continue to occupy this place in his or her life. Paul was praying that his readers would enjoy intimate fellowship with their Lord. And I think we all know the difference between sort of living somewhere and really dwelling somewhere and being at home. I want you to think for a second about a time when you were staying somewhere but you didn't really feel at home versus somewhere that you really stayed and you felt at home. Um, I was thinking about some missions trip that our church has taken over the years. Uh, Back after Katrina happened, we went down to New Orleans and we went there to just sort of help and to serve the people. And when we got there, the place that we were staying was this church. We stayed in like a church gymnasium. And basically what they had done is they had taken PVC piping and kind of plugged it all together and then put tarping over that. And those were our individual bunks. And so you'd like get in bed and you'd sink down below the PVC and you'd go to turn over. There were literally, it was the funniest thing in the world, there were literally bunks just exploding in the middle of the night. So you'd be like laying there and all of a sudden I remember this one guy, he was like the biggest guy we had on our trip. And there was this decidedly awesome sound. It went like this and then it was a boom and you just heard explosions and the biggest guy on our trip fell on the smallest guy on our trip it was wonderful but so awesome awesome moment of not feeling at home another time that comes to mind was we went um upstate to a camp and we were just working there and this camp had if i remember correctly it had running water in the cabins but no heat and no hot water and no electricity and so we get into this cabin and the first thing we hear at night when we get into this cabin the first night is we hear a bat flying around and so we got our flashlights out, and we're tracking the bat. And our youth pastor, Joey, turned into Aaron Rodgers. He had a football. He threw a football at the bat and knocked it down and killed it and saved all of our lives. So I'm so grateful. But just another example of a time when I did not feel at home somewhere. So you can have a roof over your head but not feel at home, right? But then we know those days when it's like, this is home. I feel at home here. I can dwell here, right? And I'm, I want to just tell you, Jesus doesn't just want a roof over his head and your heart, so to speak. He wants to dwell. He wants to be at home. He wants to be welcomed. He wants to be remaining moment to moment close with you. And that's what we all want, right? Don't we all know the difference between the times when we're just kind of coasting through our day and when we're in tune with God? And those moments when we're in tune with God, man, that is God dwelling in our hearts. I hate those days when I get to the end of the day and I'm like, man, I just went through this day. I wasn't led by God through this day. I just 
did what I knew to do. I wasn't in communication with God and him leading me and directing and loving through me through this day. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but man, when I'm like at that place where God is dwelling in my heart, I'm more joyful. I'm more peaceful. I have more self-control on those days. And so that's the heart for God. And if you woke up today saying, man, I just want to be closer to God. I want to have that closer, consistent connection to him. I want to encourage you because God wants that too. And we're going to see today sort of a key into what, what it looks like to live like that. Next, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So we're going to pause at an awkward spot there. But I love that Paul is praying for the people in Ephesus that they would be rooted and established in the love of God. And I think the love he's talking about, first and foremost, is the love that God has for us. And some of you woke up today feeling very wishy-washy about that love. Some of you woke up today going, I really don't know if God loves me right now. And some of you guys later today will be like, man, I'm sure God loves me. But then later tonight, you might be going, I'm not sure again. And what God longs for us to have is to be rooted and established in that love so we're not bouncing back and forth between does he loves me, he loves me not, right? This past summer, we got a notice from the town. Actually, that's a lie. It was last fall. We got a notice from the town. And the, 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 the notice was, we need you to remove your sign back. And when you guys drove in, there's a sign over there. It's almost completely blocked by dirt right now. But there's that big sign. And it was too far forward on the path because it was going to be in the way of the construction that they were doing to widen the lane and make the bike path. And if I could just say for a second, thank God they made that bike path. I mean, I see hundreds of people out there every day. Oh, no, just one. I've just seen one person out there. Sometimes I confuse hundreds of bikers and one biker. But thank God they built that. I I don't know, there's something about biking next to six lanes of traffic. I'm not bitter or anything. I'm just saying, thank God. I'm just praising the Lord for the bike. Anyway, so we get this notice. We have to move the sign back. And so I I call Andrew. I say, Andrew, we got to move the sign. So I'm going to bring a couple shovels. It's going to take us like 20 minutes. No big deal. We're just going to dig down a little deep, right? So we dig a few inches down. I'm like, all right, Andrew, let's get underneath the sign. Let's lift this thing, heave, hoe it up. We go ahead and we lift. It does not budge, like not even close, right? So we dig for another half hour. And we're like, all right, here it is. We're ready to go. Four hours later, we are still digging. We are so deep, we can't even use the shovels anymore. We are laying down on our stomachs trying to grab the dirt out with our hands and get this thing finally loose. That sign was rooted and established. It was immovable, right? We should have just taken a sawzall and cut it off at the grass level. And God longs for you and me to be rooted and established in his love. So even if somebody comes and starts digging and saying, hey, God doesn't love you, and circumstances come and start digging at our roots, sort of, and saying, hey, I'm going to dig you up and out of the love of God. You know, Romans 8 tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God. And God longs for you and me to be rooted and established in that love. So on our best day, we're going, yeah, God loves me. But on our worst day, we're still going, yes, God loves me. So today, we're going to see sort of the the clue about how to find the answer to all these different things, right? How, How do we get to the place where we are dwelling? Man, God, Jesus is dwelling in our hearts. How do we get to the place where we are rooted and established in the love of God. How do we get to the place where that inner being is strengthened? We're going to see that. But he goes on. He says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Now this is really important. Because 
Remember, he said he wants us to be rooted and established in love. And I think first that love is the love that God has for us. But I think another way that this works is it's also then the love of God now flowing through us to the other people that he mentions in this verse, right? So this isn't just about us. So we should be rooted and established in, in the love of God and the love he has for us. But then that love has to go out to all God's holy people. And I think this is so important because many of us woke up today saying, man, I hope so-and-so's not at church because I really kind of can't stand them. (laughs) Or, man, I hope so-and-so calls out sick tomorrow at work because, man, every time they walk in the room, it just drives me crazy. And I'll tell you what, God wants us to be so rooted and established in his love that that love is able to flow out of us to others. And I don't get this perfectly, guys. If I'm honest, man, this past week, I didn't love my wife and kids the way I should have. We, We all have, like, you know times and and we we say things and do things man when you look back man i I, that wasn't done out of love right so we're not going to get this perfect but as we are rooted in the love of god we should overall begin more and more to see the love of god flowing through us to the people around us making a difference in those lives and god wants that for you and wants that for me now there's a a really important part that we're going to dive into here so let's reread a little bit of what we've seen and we're going to kind of finish the thought He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. But there's a point to it. The the, the point of us being rooted and established together is that this last part would be true. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So how does this work? God wants us to be rooted in his love and then that love to be flowing out to each other so that we will be able to together discover and grasp how wide, long, high, and deep Jesus' love is. I think that's really cool. Do you know why? Because I think there is something about you and I coming together that helps us go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. Would you read this along with me on the screens? There are levels of God's love that we will grasp together that we can't grasp apart. And that is really, really important. That's why it's so important you're here today. That's why it's so important you're involved in community. That's why it's so important that we bear each other's burdens because there are levels of God's love that we will grasp together that we can't grasp apart. I don't know about you, uh, parents in the room, but I really love like my family together. And this is my mom's fault. She like drove me crazy with this as a kid. Everybody has to be together. Everybody has to be together. Well, now I turned into her. So here I am, right? And I love when my family is together. And anytime I have news for my kids, I'm not going to tell them one-on-one. I want everybody together, and we can celebrate. We got Mets tickets for next season. But we got, we got Mets tickets. It's going to be so much fun. or something to look forward to. It's going to be so exciting and awesome, right? And, and there's something about that time together. I, I, they're going to discover levels of my and my wife's love that they maybe couldn't separate, right? Because there's something about that time together. And I believe God feels the same way. That when we're gathered together, whether it's here in this room or a community group or on a volunteer team or you guys just hanging out on your own time, that there are levels of God's love that we will see united and together that we will miss when we're apart. And God so badly longs for us to see, man, the height and the depth and the width of His great love. He wants us together rooted and established in that. Then he goes on. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So he's praying that the people in Ephesus will know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. And that almost seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? Like how do you know something that surpasses knowledge? 
Well, I think what Paul's trying to say is, is there's one way of knowing God's love, and it's a cognitive up here in your brain type of way, right? But I believe what Paul is trying to help us see is, but I want you to get past that. Knowledge is important, but there's something better. It's to experience this love. And I just pray, Paul's saying, that you will know this love. In other words, you will experience this love of God and then the love of God for each other in a deep way. Maybe today you woke up going, man, I just feel lonely. I just, I just need to know that God loves me and that his people love me. And here in this, we discover the importance of that. But as we get to the end, some of you guys are saying, okay, Doug, I'm hearing you. I want to be strengthened in, in my inner being. I want to be loved by God and established in that love. I want to love others well. How do I do that? What's a step to take to, to grow in this? Well, we're going to see that at the end here. But he continues. He continues to pray for more awesome things. He says in the next part, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That sounds amazing to me. I want to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This past Monday was a huge cheat day for me on my diet. And when I go off my diet, I usually try to stay at a certain level of sanity with it. But this last Monday, I went off the rails. And my kids were off from school, so we went out to Burger King to celebrate this joyous day. And I went there purposefully because of the Cinnabon little roll thingies. They don't have them anymore. I was so sad. So I got the French toast sticks, and I'm sitting there eating them, kind of sulking because they didn't have what I wanted, and I didn't really like them. And so then I, Bryn was, you know, finishing up her little hash brown circle thingies. And so I just went over, I reached over and I grabbed one and I'm eating it. And I'm like, now that was pretty good. So I went back up after my French toast sticks and I got some hash browns and a soda to wash it down with at 8.45 in the morning. It's cheat day. Come on, right? I know it's cheat day. I'm going for it. So then I go to a party at my sister's house and, you know, you eat the normal party food. So we leave there and we have to drive right past Chick-fil-A. Now come on. There is a verse in Leviticus that says, Thou shalt not drive past Chick-fil-A and not eat it. And so we went and got some Chick-fil-A. And so now I'm like really kind of full. But then like baseball playoffs is on at night. You got to eat something while you're watching. Right? So I made some soft pretzels. Right? I got in bed. Filled to the measure and beyond. Right? I mean, it was just bad. Okay? But I love the visual because, man, that is what God wants us to experience on a spiritual level filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, right? So God is full of what? Love, grace, forgiveness, mercy, patience, self-control, hope, life. I mean, just all these things. And Paul is praying, hey, I want you to be full of all that God is full of. And I think some of us, it's almost like we, we're on a diet, right? We're on a, we're on a diet of all the fullness of God. And, and I just hope today to sort of stir up that hunger in you and me today to say, no, I want more, I want more. God, I know you, but I want to know you beyond the knowledge, right? I want to experience you. God, I'm, 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 you know, I got some of you in here. I want to be full of the fullness of God. I don't want to just sort of, if I could use an example here, we're doing a baptism later, by the way. It's not just here randomly. But um, if we could all kind of, you know, dip our toe in, or we could jump in, right? We could kind of cannonball in. I think God's saying, I want you guys cannonballing in to the fullness of who I am. And I love just the 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 thought that, man, there's always more in God, like, like we've never arrived, you know? And then he goes on, he kind of praises God in this last part we're going to look at here. He says, now to him, and this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I love that, because I love to think outside the box. Like, if you've ever been at one of our Christmas specials, you know we like to think outside the box. And let me just, I have to say a sad thing, and I know we've 
cried wolf about this in the past, but there's not going to be like as huge a Christmas special this year because of our current situation with having to go in portable and all that. I'm just going to kind of float that out there, get that in your hearts and minds. It's going to be a little different this year. But every year we're always thinking, what can we do? And we're thinking outside the box and we're sitting and talking. And one year we're like, let's have drummers all over the room. We'll have a huge drum off. And next year, let's turn the whole wall into a musical instrument. This past year, it was like ninjas from the ceiling, Kool-Aid man through the wall. Like, I mean, thinking outside the box, right? But with God, there is no box, Right? And I love that all the stuff that you and I, we could ask or imagine, God's able to do immeasurably more than all that. So think about all the stuff you could ask or imagine, and then think about the fact that God can immeasurably do more than all of that. And I love that it says at the end, according to his power that's at work in us. So that power that can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine isn't like this thing that's just out there apart from us that we can't tap into. No, that very power is at work in you and in me. Maybe some of you woke up this morning again just going, I need the power of God at work in my life. I need to be strengthened deep in my inner being. I'm just, I'm just I got nothing left there. I'm on empty. And here's Paul praising God that that power is at work in you and in me. And then he just praises God here. He says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And Paul just ends his prayer by praising God and saying, Because of this love of God, because of his power, I'm going to praise him with my life. And so today I hope you're seeing that no matter how you walked into the room, whether you were completely unempty, whether you are really kind of struggling whether God loves you or not and you're kind of going back and forth, whether you're really wrestling with the issue of Christ dwelling in your heart and kind of just having a roof over his head or really being at home, or if you have somebody in your life that you're so struggling to love, or you're just in need of just tapping into the power of God that could do way beyond what you and I could even ask or imagine. I just hope today you're encouraged. I hope there's some hunger stirred up in you. I know yesterday and today there's just been a hunger in me to know God better, to go deeper. And as I've just been praying for today, it's just that we wouldn't just hear a message and sing songs and then leave, but that, man, we would be hungrier for God as we leave here, that we would be full more of these different things that we've talked about here today. And so I think if I could summarize what Paul is saying in all these verses, I think it's that God wants us to be full of his power and rooted in his love. I think that's a way to summarize everything we've read today. I think it all boils down, really, to those two themes of God's power and his love. Because some of us in this room, we desperately need to be strengthened by that power deep down in our inner being. And others of us need to be rooted and established in the love of God. And we need to then allow that love to flow through us to others. And we need to be together in on discovering more of the love of God because it's when we're together in on that we're going to see things that we miss when we're apart. And so there's this theme of the power and the love of God. So now we're all saying, well, great, Doug, but how does this work? What is a really practical step I can take to get closer to all these things that you just brought up? Well, here's what I want you to think about. What was Paul doing through this entire passage that we just read? He was praying, right? He was praying for these specific things that they would be true of the people who live in Ephesus. And so what do I want you to do this week? I would really encourage you to take one of the things that I talked about today and make it a daily, multi, even part of your day, like many, many times throughout your day, bring these things to God. Because I don't know about you, I think 
We pray more about, like, God, I need a job, and that's okay. God, please heal somebody, and that's okay. God, lead us with the church. That's all great. I don't think we often pray, strengthen me in my inner being, God. I don't know when the last time you prayed that was. It's probably been a while. It's just not the way we pray. But what a better prayer, right? God, root me in your love. I don't know that we pray that all that often. God, let that love flow from me to so-and-so. God, dwell in my heart. I don't think these are prayers we normally pray. And Scripture tells us we don't get because we don't ask, right? And so if you need that inward strength today, then, man, it's time to pray about that, right? And I need that this week. I need that right now in my life. And so who needs to be praying here? God would strengthen your inner being. Who needs to be praying here today? That Christ would be at home in your heart. Not just a roof over his head, not just kind of hanging out, but man, at home, close, connected, in communion with him. Who needs to be praying that God will root you and establish you in his love? Every time you drive by our church sign, I want you to think about that. God, sink me down deep. Help me to be immovable. Who needs here to be praying today that you and I together, we'd be grasping how high and wide and deep the love of Jesus is for us? Who, who needs to maybe... Wow, this is important. Maybe this has to do with a little bit what we talked about last week. Who of us needs to be praying that we would grasp how high and deep that love is with someone from a different political party, someone of a different race or ethnic background? Because God wants unity on that, right? I love that here in the room we have all different political parties. We have black and white and Asian and Hispanic. And man, what a beautiful thing God is doing. And Jesus, His love unites us above all the differences. And so... Maybe you need to be praying about that. God, there's so-and-so in my office, man. I need your love to flow through me because they believe so differently politically. I can't even stay in the same room with them. Guess what? God wants you in the same room with them. You are in that office on purpose to be in the same room with that, purpose, uh, with that person to show them the love of Christ. And so be praying about that, right? Um, filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Just praying that, that this week, man. What a beautiful prayer that would be. God, would you just fill me with all that you are And maybe some of us just need to be saying, God, your word says that there's this immeasurable power that wants to be at work in me that could do more than I can ask or imagine. God, would you let that power be at work? These are prayers we don't normally pray, and yet these are the prayers Paul prayed would all be true of the Ephesians. And I think these are the things we want for our lives anyway. And so, you know, there's eight different prayers I just listed. I would really encourage you to hone in on one this week. Pray it all day, every day. Pray it throughout your, you know, literally, you know, you're you're driving, say a quick 30-second prayer. You're in the office, you get a little break, say a 30-second little prayer. God, fill me with the fullness, God. Fill me with love for so-and-so, whatever it might be. And what I love about this is these are prayers God will answer. You know how sometimes we pray, and we should pray, God, your will be done, right? So we pray, God, heal so-and-so, but let your will be done. God, provide the job, but let your will be done, right? God, let the Yankees win this series, but your will be done, Lord. And just, Lord, just forget about the people praying for the Astros because they're not real Christians anyway, right? We all know this, okay? But we always attach, let your will be done, which is good. Jesus told us to. But I can guarantee you, these are prayers that are his will to be done in our lives. I can guarantee you that when you ask for love, when you ask for fullness, when you ask for that inner strength, When you ask that he would dwell in your heart more consistently, these are prayers that he will answer. And so I hope you're encouraged today, and I hope there's some hunger stirred up in your heart today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, the reason we can have a relationship with God like this is because Jesus died on the cross. And he was brutally murdered in our place to forgive us of our sins, and then he rose back from the dead. 
And if you need to kind of work through some of that and you want to talk about that, we'd love to talk with you more about that. But if today you want to put your trust in him and you want to begin a relationship with this awesome God who wants to be all these things to us, then I'm going to give you a minute to respond in just a minute. But I hope today we're all challenged and I hope we're all encouraged because the truth is God wants you and me, he wants us to be full of his power and rooted in his love. Let's pray together. God, we need more of you. We long for more of you, God. I pray you'd stir up a hunger for more of you. God, I pray that there would just be in every single one of us a passion to take this seriously. That, God, we would not walk out the same that we came. That we would not live this next week the same way we lived last week. And so, God, I just pray for help. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, what do you need to pray about? Which of those sort of eight different prayers do you need to pray today? Is it along the lines of needing inner strength? Is it along the lines of being rooted in his love, that love flowing out to others, especially those who are least like you? That you and I would have Christ dwelling in our hearts, that we would be able to be full of the fullness of God, that we would know him beyond knowledge, not you know, beyond that cognitive understanding and get to experience in him. What is it? What prayer do you need to just really seek him about this week? Because Paul prayed all those things for the Ephesians. These are, these are prayers God's going to answer. So go ahead and do that if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I just encourage you to pray something quietly like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for removing my sin and my shame. God, just show me how real you are. Show me, God, that this power and this love that I've heard about this morning is true and real. And let it transform my If you're not a follower of Jesus today and you're not ready to pray that, can I just ask you to maybe pray a bold prayer? Maybe you're willing to just pray something like this. God, if you're real, just show me you're real. And so God, no matter where we are in the room today, we love you and we thank you. We pray you will draw us close. Let us be full of your power.